In a garden like this, there is always someone who will be the first to receive a miracle. Well, if you are going to be that one, let your hallelujah be the loudest. Amen. There's a song that says, I know my Redeemer liveth, he liveth forevermore. How many of you can join me in singing that song? I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. He liveth forevermore. Amen. Amen. Let, let's sing it together. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. He liveth forevermore. Amen. I know my Redeemer liveth. Jesus was buried. They wanted to anoint his body. But then they were worried as they were going. Because there was a big stone across the grave. And they were wondering how they would be able to roll away the stone. The Bible says an angel descended from heaven. Help came from above. Today I want you to pray and say, Father, send me help today from above. Talk to the Almighty God. This very day, Lord, send help to me from above. There are so many problems in my life needing solution. Problems that I cannot solve myself. Lord, send help to me from above. Send help to me from heaven. Send help to me, my Lord and my Savior, from above. David said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, who made everyone else. Father, send help to me from above. Let me receive help from above today, to the glory of your holy name. Yes, Lord, send help to me. Send help to me from above that your name might be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Now when the angel descended, he rolled away the stone. And he not only do that, he sat on the stone. I want you to talk to God and say, Father, every obstruction in my way, roll it away today. I roll it away permanently. Let's talk to the Almighty God. Every obstruction, 
every obstruction in my way, Lord, every soul that the world has put across my path that will hinder my progress, roll it away, Lord, and roll it away permanently. Roll it away permanently, Father. From this hour, Lord, Lord God Almighty, let my way be clear. Let every obstruction be removed from my life. Oh yes, Lord, roll away the stone. As the help comes from above, Lord, let the stone be rolled away. So that my ways will be clear. Lord God Almighty, do this for me. And I will give you all glory, I will give you all honor, I give you all adoration. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Finally, the resurrection morning was a new beginning for the disciples. For days they had been in sorrow. For days they had been in fear. For days their future looked hopeless. But suddenly the news came that the Lord is risen. And a new day began for them. I want you to talk to the Almighty God and say, Father, let today be a new beginning for me. A new beginning of joy. A new beginning of victory. A new beginning of progress. A new beginning, Lord God Almighty. Bright new beginning. Let this day be a new beginning for me, Father. A new beginning of success. A new beginning of prosperity. A new beginning of progress. A new beginning of holiness. A new beginning of a closer walk with God. A new beginning, Lord God Almighty. Let this day be a new beginning for me. Yes, Lord, let this day be a new beginning for me in every sphere of my life. A new beginning physically, a new beginning materially, a new beginning mentally, a new beginning spiritually, a new beginning even in my marriage, a new beginning for joy, for victory, for blessing. Oh yes, Lord, let this day be a new beginning for me, to the glory of your holy name. Let this day be a new beginning, Father. I will bless you for it forever. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. So, Father, we just want to bless your name. We want to thank you for this day that you, the Lord, had made. This day we will rejoice. This day we will be glad. Because help will come to us from above. Because every obstruction in our ways will be rolled away. Because after they are rolled away, the angel will sit on them, never to allow them to be put in our way again. Glory be to your holy name. Father, we pray that this day will mark a new beginning for us. As individuals, let this be a new day. As a church, let this be a new day. As a nation, let this be a new day. Even for the television house here, let it be a new day. Thank you, my Father. Glory be to your holy name. For we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. When I shake out one or two people, I said, Today is a new beginning for you. Hallelujah. May God bless you. You may be seated. Well, if you have your Bibles here, or those of you at home, if you have your Bibles by your side, kindly open to Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Somebody was talking there, and he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The one speaking here is the one that we are rejoicing with today as we remember his resurrection. The Lord himself. His name is Jesus. He said, I'm not only Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He said that I'm the one who is, that is the one who is alive now. And which was, that means I was here before, but then I died. And then he said, which is to come, the Almighty. This passage, more than any other passage in the Bible, summarizes the history of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was, he is, and is to come. He was here on earth once upon a time, walking among us like you and I. And then he was crucified, he was buried, and as far as medical science was concerned, you could say he was. But then on the resurrection morning, he rose. And now he's alive forevermore. So he could describe himself as permanently is. He said, I am the one who was, I am the one who is. And then he added one other dimension. He said, I am to come. It tells us, if we look at this verse, if we have got the time to look at it completely, we would have seen that in this verse we hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who said is Alpha. Alpha means the one who was the beginning. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse 1, if you read verse 1 and you read verse 14, you will know that that John chapter 1 is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then in verse 14 he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father. The Father has only one begotten Son. And his name is Jesus. He's the Alpha. And then, of course, he's the Omega. When everything in this world had come to an end, the one whose name is Omega will still be there. He says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. But we don't want to concentrate on that aspect this afternoon. We want to talk about the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. That tells us that Jesus Christ controls the past, he controls the present, and he controls the future. Let's take it very quickly. He controls the past. He can control the past because he was the one who was in the beginning. So whatever had happened to you in your past, they happened in his presence. Because he had been there from the beginning. Before you were born, he was there. As a matter of fact, before your father met your mother, he was there. 
the day you were born, he was there. Therefore, every problem you have ever had, he knew when they started, which is good news. You see, when he was talking, he said, before the mountains were brought forth, I am God. So before your problem started, he was there. He knew the foundation of your problems. So when he wants to solve your problem, he will dig it from the foundation and uproot it completely. Which is going to happen to you today. I didn't hear your amen. But that's not the only thing. You see, because he controls the past, it means that if you will come to him today and trust your life to him, every sin you had ever committed is able to wipe them away. He said in the, the, the Bible tells us in First John chapter 1 verse 7, First John chapter 1 verse 7, he said, The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. No matter the evil you had done in the past, that's the beauty of Christianity. The moment you come to Jesus Christ, you will say, all right, that's your past. I am the controller of the past, and I'm ready now to wipe away your old history. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the controller of the past will say, all right, your past is forgiven. Your past is forgotten. If that had not been the case, somebody like me should not be standing before you preaching Jesus. Oh, some of you who know me, you probably know a little bit of my testimony. Before I met the Lord Jesus Christ, I had, <laughs> I had so many girlfriends, I didn't even know the number. I mean, I, I can't, many a times, I think maybe they are 13 or 14, and then I say, oh, oh I, I've forgotten this one and this one and this one. And as I used to tell those of you who have had a testimony before, there was one of them in particular that we did a lot of terrible things together. I know you want to know the details, but I won't tell you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden time came, with Patel, she went her way, I went my way, and for years we never met again. In the meantime, I got married, she got married. I got born again, of course she didn't know anything about that yet. In the meantime, I was working at the University of Ilori, and then Transfer brought her husband to Ilori. And now she had a child that was born lame. And somebody told her, when she got to Ilori, ah, there's a pastor somewhere here, if you take this your child to him and he prays for the child, the child is likely to walk. So she came to the mission house. And I was in the sitting room, but there are some people at the veranda. And when she got to the veranda, she said, I want to see the pastor. They said, he's inside. So she came, knocked the door, opened the door and saw me. And when we saw, because we were what they call old flames, we greeted, hey, how are you? Long time, no see. Where have you been? After that one, she said, I want to see the pastor. So I said, yes, can I help you? He said, I said, I want to see the pastor. I said, I'm the pastor. She said, you? You the pastor? I said, yes. He said, you will pray and God will answer? Why? Because she was thinking of my past. But unknown to her, Jesus Christ had already taken care of my past. 
He will take care of your past today. He controls the past. And then he controls the present. Well, if you want to know the rest of that testimony, I'll tell you another time. Amen. But he controls the present. Because he said, not only am I the one who was, I'm also the one who is. And when he controls the present, he controls it in three dimensions, in all the dimensions in which you could be involved. Because the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, if you read from verse 9 to 10 there, Philippians 2 verse 9 to 10, he says, And therefore God has highly exalted him, and has given him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, where? In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So he's controlling the present, and he's controlling it in heaven, controlling it on earth, and controlling it underneath the earth. I will just very briefly mention how he controls this three. For example, he controls the atmosphere, the entire sky, where the wind blows. In fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 41, Mark 4, verse 41, he said, What manner of man is this that the wind and the sea obey him. In other words, if there is any storm in your life, and that storm is caused by forces above, because his name is respected in heaven, he can speak to the storm and say, Storm be still, and immediately everything will be calm. And I pray that every storm in your life, from today onward, will become calm in Jesus' name. He controls the heavens. I've told some of us this testimony before. I was traveling to London. I, won't, I don't want to mention the name of the airways. And then we got to Heathrow. And as we got to Heathrow, suddenly the captain announced and said, Ladies and gentlemen, we're having a little problem. And what is the little problem? The belly under the aeroplane refused to open. And you know what that one means? The landing gear cannot come out. And that means one or two things is going to happen. It's either a miracle will happen and the belly will open, the door will open and you will land, or else when you keep going round and round and you run out of fuel, you will crash land and that will be bye-bye to all of you. And that's what they call the little problem. Amen. And I was sitting in the first class cabin. That day I saw that rich men fear death. As soon as they heard that one, every, every one of them who had been pretending to be chairman, I mean gentlemen, people you say shout hallelujah and they say hallelujah. Hey, when they saw that death was coming, some of them jumped and said, Orimio. <laughs> one of the one women there said, everybody begin to pray. I don't know when last she prayed. And I'm telling you, you are laughing now because you are not there. If you were there, you would know that uh, it's a dangerous thing to have problems when you are in the air. And for two minutes, I was frightened myself. Let me tell you the truth, nobody wants to die. And not even me. I don't know about you, are you ready to go, yeah? <laughs> Let somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> but fortunately, because I have Christ, I had somebody to turn to in the moment of danger. 
I said, God, but ah, you didn't tell me this would be my last journey. And thank God he spoke to me. I'm sure he's already speaking to somebody today. I said, son, no, you are not going to die. And the reason why the, do the doors refuse to open, as soon as you land in London, they won't let you rest. People are already waiting for you, and we must talk before you get to London. So we will, when we finish our discussion, the door will open. Uh, and you can see me just relaxing and enjoying God while the people are panicking. Because when they want to cool down a little, the pilot came and said, well, don't worry too much. At least you know that the firefighters in Heathrow are very efficient. That poor petrol on the fire. And for 45 minutes, I was enjoying my Lord. He controls the skies. Everything going up, up there is in control. Amen? And then he controls what goes on here on earth. Right here on the ground. Where you go. Where you walk in the office. As you, as you travel on the road. Jesus is in control. Your promotion. Whether you get more children. Whether you want boys or you want girls. is absolutely in control. Because his name is respected in heaven. is respected on earth. And is respected underneath the earth. Anything you ask him here on the surface of this ground, he will take care of that situation. i tell you a story very quickly. There was a girl who got married in our village. And uh, that was several years ago. I wasn't as wise as I am now. I was full of zeal for the Lord, but I didn't have enough wisdom. So the people gathered for the wedding, and I recognized some witches among them. And uh, because some of them had tried to torture me when I was young, uh, now that I have Christ, I was bold. I, I wanted to get back at them. So I told them some very hard things. At the end of the sermon, they were very angry. And they told the mother of the girl who got married, they said, it's your daughter who is married that brought this boy here to come and insult us. We will deal with your daughter. Because they know they can't deal with me. I'm sure they can't deal with you too. <laughs> yeah, amen. You didn't show that you believe that. <laughs> Very soon that girl became pregnant. And then they went to the mother again. I'm talking of openly. They said, we will see where your daughter will deliver. It, it, unless she's not walking on this ground. So the mother came to me and said, hey, this is what they have said. I said, don't worry. My Lord is in control of the ground. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. I said, don't worry. The day your daughter will deliver, the witches will be asleep. <laughs> Which was exactly what happened. It was four days after the day delivered that they had at home. Because there is someone controlling this ground. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Not only that, the Bible says in Psalm 23 verse 5. Psalm 23 verse 5 said, Thou preparest a table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Because he's the one controlling this world. He can keep your enemy quiet while you are enjoying. And then he also controls everything that goes underneath. That goes on underneath the earth. Now Bible scholars have told us that what is being referred to as underneath the earth. is not just underground alone. But the depth of the seas. And you know. In the depth of the seas, there are all kinds of demons. And there are some demons that live underground. 
But it doesn't matter whether they live in the air or they live in the sea or they live underground. At the name of Jesus, every one of them must bow. Because God himself, the Almighty Father, is the one who highly exalted him and gave him that name which is above every other name. I remember, years ago, they brought a young man to the church. They carried him. What happened was they said he went to attend one crusade. I don't know what kind of crusade it is. And there he got so full of demons that he could no longer, he couldn't sit down, he couldn't walk, he couldn't feed himself. He became like vegetable. They had to carry him everywhere. And they brought him to the church. And I recognized that he had been attacked by these forces that live underground. And I said, well, that's, that's no problem. We'll get rid of all these demons. And I said, in the mighty name of Jesus, no, first of all, I said, son, kneel down, I want to pray for you. He said, I cannot kneel down. I said, I command you to kneel down. And then he asked me a very interesting question. He said, in whose name? I said, in the name of Jesus. He said, that is different. And he knelt down. Her glory be to God forevermore. In whose name? I said, in the name of Jesus. If I had said in the name of Adeboye, he would be looking at me. Because he knows that my name is not recognized underneath the earth. But there is a name that is recognized there. And within a couple of minutes, that fellow who was carried into the church walked back home. Because there is a name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. So he controls the past, he controls the present, and now he controls the future. Because he said, I am the one to come. And because he controls the future, if you will hand over your life to him, your future will be okay. You know, I've said it again and again, when people come to me and they say, Sir, we hear that you are a prophet of God. And I say, well, glory be to God. Now, could you tell us our future? And I've always said to them, sure, I can tell you. You answer one question only. And then I tell you your future. And the question is, are you born again? If he says no, I say, ah, your future will be terrible. <laughs> so, but how do you know? You have not even prayed for me. You don't even know my name. No, no, I don't need to pray for you. It is written. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 11. Say, say ye to the wicked, he shall be ill with him, for he shall eat the fruit of his labor. You are living in sin, you are doing wickedly, the blood of Jesus has not cleansed you from your sin, and you want to know your future? Oh, the law of harvest is waiting for you. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. You are doing evil, you will reap evil. So your future is terrible. But when I say, are you born again? And he said, yes, by the grace of God. I said, your future is bright. Oh, how do you know, sir? You have not even prayed for me. You don't even know my name. I don't need to pray. It's written. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with him. Those of you who are already born again, who are listening to me either here or by television, say to the fellow next to you, my tomorrow will be all right. Say it after two minutes. Why? Because the word of God says in Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. David said, I was young. Now I am old. But I have not seen the righteous forsaken, 
nor his seed begging bread. The moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he takes care of your future. He takes care of now, he takes care of tomorrow. He will see to it that when you are old and you can't run about anymore, mercy will surround you about. He will see to it that your children will never beg. You know, there are several people who live constantly in the fear of tomorrow. They don't know what's going to happen. Some people, they're afraid they won't get a job. They get a job, they're afraid that they will lose the job. They don't lose the job, they're afraid that maybe the fellow next to them will kill them. They get a job, they're afraid they won't be promoted. When they get promoted, they're afraid that the fellow next is going to put some time on their chairs. Give your life to Jesus Christ and he will take care of your tomorrow. But even more than that is the fact that sooner or later we are going to leave this world. I mean, uh, I remember some years ago, a Juju musician waxed a record. And in this record he said, Chief, so, 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 you will never die. Two weeks later, Chief died. And when I heard that word, I said, what do you mean, Chief, so, so, will never die? What happened to his father? Where is his grandfather? Everyone born into this world, you are going, whether you like it or not. But where do, are you going to? It is better that you hand over your life to the one who controls the future so that at the end of the day, you will know that when the time comes for you to leave this world, you will go to heaven. Believe me honestly, there is no prophet, no other prophet anywhere in the whole world that said what Jesus Christ said. In John chapter 14, from verse 1 to 3, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house. No other prophet called heaven his father's house, except the Lord Jesus. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go now to prepare a place for you. When I finish preparing the place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you can be sure your tomorrow will be alright. When it's time for you to die, you can be sure tomorrow will still be alright. Remember what David said. He said, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. And Jesus Christ said in the same John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me or to the Father except by me. When you know that you are going to leave this world, whether you like it or not, and that when you die, you are going to end up either in heaven or in hell, why don't you hand over your life to the one who can take you to heaven? Now I know that some of my colleagues, when I used to be in the university, used to say, there's nothing called heaven. Everything ends up here. I say, how ignorant can you become? Even our forefathers who never went to school, they know there is hell. When somebody dies, at least in my village, they will pray. They will say, may God put him in fresh air. Have you had that kind of prayer before? Now why do they pray that God should put him in fresh air? It's because there are two kinds of air. <laughs> One is fresh. And the other is very hot. Even if those people who never went to school, who never read the Bible, know, then you better make up your mind where you are going. The same elders, the Africans, who never read the Bible, 
they always say, whatever you do will be waiting for you at the gate. Which gate is that one? That's the gate where they decide whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. And I'm telling you, brethren, if you die in this world without surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, <laughs> then the song they used to sing in my village, when somebody dies, will be very true of you. They will say, he has gone home straight. I don't know if you have heard that song before. Uh, Papa has gone home, or he has gone home straight. The question is, which home has he gone to straight? Jesus explained it to us. He said there are two ways. One is broad, expressway. And it goes straight to hell. Ah, those who are there, he said, they, they will go home straight. <laughs> but he said there is another way that is narrow. Very few people will find that way. And when they're going through that narrow gate, they will go to eternal life. I pray that on the last day, I will see you in heaven. But the decision whether you go to heaven or you go to hell is yours. And you can take that decision today by surrendering your life to the one who said, I am the way. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Those of you who are here listening to me, and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so. And those of you who are listening to me by television, I want you to take a step of faith. I can't see you, but God can see you. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to stand right now in front of your television set and raise your hand to God and say, God, I'm surrendering to you now. You, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the one who controls the past, the present, and the future, I surrender my life to you. Forgive my sins, save my soul, and let me become your child. And those of you who are here in the, in the, in the congregation, and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to signify just by raising your hand and say, yes, I'm surrendering to God. Yes, God bless you. Raise your hand, and I will pray for you in a moment that the Almighty God will save your soul. As you raise your hand, keep it up for just one minute, and talk to God and say, God, you can see my hand. I am lifting it up as a sign of surrender to you. I'm asking that you will forgive all my sins. I'm asking that you will save my soul. I'm asking that you will take control of my life from now on. Talk to God for a moment. The rest of all, let us pray too. And say, Father, you, the controller of the past, take care of my past. You, the controller of the present, take care of my present. You, the controller of the future, take care of my future. Let's pray now. Let's talk to the Almighty God. And those of you who lifted your hands for salvation, talk to God and say, Father, I'm lifting up my hand to you today for salvation. I'm surrendering my life to you. I ask that you will take control of my life from now on, that you will forgive all my sins, that you will wash me in your blood, that you will have mercy on me. Talk to him now. He's here. He's here to save your soul. He's here to wash, you, uh, wash away all your sins in his blood. He's here to be merciful unto you.